Pride Institute is an LGBTQ-specific treatment center for substance use disorder and addiction. Pride was first opened in 1986 as a direct response to the HIV-AIDS pandemic. We provide care to adults 18-plus in residential and outpatient settings. I'm Luke. And I'm Kaylee. And together, we are the co-hosts of the Proud Voices podcast for Pride Institute. I found myself at Pride at Pride because my family did an intervention and they were looking for where to put me and they chose Pride. I had known about Pride for years and they had known about Pride, but they were going to maybe send me to a, like a straight place, but I don't think I would have fit in there and have been awkward and I went to have wanted to stay. And so that's how I got to Pride. I've like, had been there actually years ago for meetings way before COVID, like in 2009, but I wasn't in sobriety or trying to be sober yet. I was going because someone else was being sober and I was supporting them. Will you talk a little bit about that intervention experience, what that felt like in the moment for you and how your family approached that? Okay. So like, (laughs) um, last year I was my, I was actually sober before intervention so so like sober a few days because it was like a week after or five days after my sober date but anyways the last time I had a drink was like okay last year that was the last thing I did and then the weekend after that it was like on Monday I think on Martin Luther King Day last year and then on the 25th or something I think, or or whatever that weekend date was, they, my family told me that we're going to have a surprise party for, or not a surprise party, a joint celebration of my uncle and my grandpa's birthdays because they're both in January. And so they live in like South Minneapolis. So then I went there and when I get there, they're like, come to the living room. And then I said, oh shit, it's an intervention. I somehow thought it might be happening, but I wasn't sure because they were also had my roommate and friend involved. Like I basically made like a suicide video because I was so depressed and I sent it to my roommate and he sent it to my parents. And then they told it to my, not everyone saw it, but they just talked about it. And then they got this like intervention guy to come there and they had been talking to him and having meetings behind my without me trying to figure out when to do what to say and what to do. So they all wrote like letters to me and then saying like, basically when I was like younger, I used to be like a family person and then want to hang out with family, do stuff. And then like, once I started drinking and doing and drugs and stuff, I wasn't really a family person. I still like, go to Christmas and everything. But I used to like when I was younger, like this is like my teenagers. Like I was a totally different person back then, but I would like want to hang out with my aunt and uncle and just to get out of the house. But now I don't really do that. But I, I felt like really sad. And then I didn't want to go at first. It, actually, since pride was closed on the Saturday that or not, clo- they don't take people on the week- weekend, obviously. And you guys know that. Um, so they made me go to a detox for the weekend. <laughs> And I didn't want to go to that, but they made me go. And I agreed to go because they said if I don't go to the detox or pride that I would lose, probably lose relationships with all my family members. And 
my best friend that was there that lived with me. And so now it may, it just made me sad and like, not, I don't know what to think at the time. And I didn't know what pride would, would it be like to go into rehab or anything. So I was scared. Yeah. And obviously, you know, like interventions can kind of feel like ambushes, right? Of like, oh, wow, you just get to decide we're going to have this conversation here and now. Um, were you feeling, um, you, you mentioned scared, but was any part of you angry? I was angry because I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to go at first. Well, I didn't want to go. Um, I was mad at my friend for doing it behind my back and lying to me because he said he was staying at a friend's like a few nights, but he wasn't, he stayed at, at like my grandma and grandpa's. <laughs> So where they all met up or something. So once I thought about it and I after and was in like pride, I'm like, oh, they just did it all to help me. So yeah. And that's good that you're able to see that too. Cause I know a lot of times when people are faced with interventions, they don't go and listen to the advice given to them. Um, they actually plummet farther down the wrong path, right? Um, so I think obviously it led to led to pride, which is wonderful. Um, what was your experience? You mentioned that it, you don't think treatment would have worked if you went to a place where it was for everyone. Um, what was it like going to a culturally specific program? At pride, it was, well, at first I was overwhelmed a little bit because I'd never been in a rehab, but like when they do the, like the reflections and say like the stuff like I love my pride family and your pride family loves you right back and stuff. That was kind of overwhelming, but at first and just meeting all these new people all at once, but everyone was actually really nice. And we, since we all have like similar backgrounds, it was easier to connect and get along. And I wanted, I actually liked learning about different hearing. I like hearing people's stories. I don't always share a lot like at meetings, but I always liked hearing what other people like it. Like when we had meetings in the evening, I liked going to those and, I mostly went to the trans one because those stories kind of got mostly emotion, more emotional and sad for me. And I felt for those people that were, I was in there with. Um, I actually realized once I was in there that I had met some people before, like through Facebook or at the bar or here or there. I don't know I just connected with and then I was I was really shy at first and I didn't open up but then I like when they give awards like for the week I got like a coming out of my shell award because <laughs> people saw, saw I was opening up and being and whatever and then I like Pokemon so they next week they gave me coming out of my Pokeball award and then at the, my last week because I was there like four or five weeks I was on the council I don't know I, I felt like I connected with a lot of people in, at different times. Yeah. And and what would be like, I guess, intimidating about going to, you mentioned this was your first treatment. What was your thought process of like, maybe not wanting to go somewhere where it wasn't LGBTQ specific? I don't think I would have been as open or wanted, I mean, when I did talk, like, I don't think I would want to talk about like gay, LGBT, well, gay sex or anything. I don't know. Like yeah. you, could be, you could be more open about stuff and you could, I could like, if I, 
even kind of flirt with some of the guys. I, I don't yeah. think I've, yeah, I don't know. Stuff like that. No, I think that's, we hear that from a lot of our clients all the time of just like, I don't want to have to explain who I am to you um, because it's like, you know, other treatment centers obviously have queer people attending them and they're in the mix with people who are straight or cis. And, um, you know, a lot of them are like, no, I was never treated poorly, but it was like, I was the only queer person and my drug of choice was different than everyone else's. And just my entire life is, is different and it's not better or worse, but I want to go somewhere where I feel like I'm everyone else. Yeah. At, and when I actually first got to pride, I'm like, I don't even want to be here. I'm not plan, planning when I'm going to drink again or, and, or go use drugs. But then like a few days after a few days in, I'm like, I don't need to do that. And I talked to my mom and stuff on the phone that, I, basically after a week I was like I need to be sober and that's not the person I want to be because I haven't I've had struggles with since I drank or any, used any drugs I haven't really gone up in life I've been kind of like constant so Jacob I know you've been sober or working your recovery program for the last year so congratulations on hitting a year that's huge um, what are the some of the things that you've been doing that have helped you stay sober working your program? I went to New Way and I for six and a half months after I graduated Pride on the first, and then I went to New Way for six and a half months and graduated that on December fifteenth or sixteenth, September fifteenth or sixteenth. And then when I besides that, I had done like. Um, what's it called when you volunteer for at like meetings service work i did like service work at like a meeting like there's one called the breakfast club i was like the newcomer rep and i was supposed to like talk to new people and stuff and then like i had i can't remember what else i was but i was uh, um something else there for a while oh i asked people to greet the next week i can't remember what, greeting rep or something they're very organized at that meeting and then i've been going to a cma meeting and i was a fellowship rep i at that cma meeting just this yesterday i started to be i started to be to be the trusted servant and that's like a big step for me to because i'm usually kind of quiet so it's putting me out there um i decided to finally tell my story at a meeting so i did that like on Sunday, so like five days ago, and then what else? Oh, and then I had what a sponsor, but at first I thought I don't have a sponsor right away, but I got it through people, and I kind of connected with him, but not really. So then I broke things up, or it's, I said we can still be friends and whatnot, <laughs> but I'm like I want to find a different sponsor, so so. I, I actually went out with, without a sponsor for a while and I was doing okay. I have, to be honest, I haven't really done all the, like the steps. I got to like step four and my, I've had this sponsor for a, this last sponsor for a few months, but he thinks I'm doing good without doing the steps. Cause I've like done all the steps in a different way and just not in the order, but like, even the other day is isn't step 12 like where you would help like someone who is in need and it's like i helped bring someone to re or detox because they relapsed at least that's what one of my 
I'm one of the host managers because I went with them. And I I don't just like my housemates. I still I live at the Jordan house and they've there's some people that have been here like a year or more and they have but they're easy to talk to and I get along with them and basically friends and I look up to them and if I've ever had trouble, which I have I've had like up and down, like some people like had talked crap about me and stuff made up lies i don't know why <laughs> but that for some reason i let it get to me and they were always being like don't worry basically made me feel better and told me not to worry about it even though i still did <laughs> yeah i think it's really cool how you're kind of taking recovery into your own hands you're not working a typical you know recovery program you're working one that fits for you and i think that's really admirable because you know, the 12 steps are laid out for us and, you know, everyone says follow the 12 steps, but that's not the only way that we can do recovery. I also really admire how you were able to, um, fire your sponsor, break up with them, if you will. I think people have a hard time doing that or noticing when they need to do that. Um, how was that beneficial for you to find someone else that you clicked with more? It's good. I like, feel like I can talk to him easier and it was, he at first he was just like someone I would talk to, but because he had a full like list of sponsees, <laughs> but then someone relapsed and they and went back to Pride or some or some went disappeared basically I guess, and he said I he asked me to be a sponsee and I said yeah, because he was just like someone to talk to like a mentor or something basically. And basically, I keep saying basically. <laughs> yeah, he's like a he's a friend, and then he, now he's it's just easy to talk to him and get along. And I look up to him because he has a bunch of years of sobriety. One thing that I think I'm engaging and and hearing kind of repeated throughout your your talk is uh, the importance of community and how important it has been to your sobriety. Um, I think it's really essential for people in, in their recovery. Um, can you talk about that at all? Yeah, if I wasn't living in the sober house, I feel like I would have relapsed by now, even if, or if I went in my own apartment, lived with my parents, I would have wanted, found a way to drink or do drugs again. Being here, like, if I ever felt like I wanted to use or drink, I. I don't like to sit in my room. I'm in my room right now, but <laughs> but you normally I like to sit around and watch TV and be around the people that are in the house. Or I like to go to meetings and be around people. I like to make sure I do have a community. Yeah, I like to have, make sure I have a community or people to talk to, even if it's just on Facebook Messenger or something or texting. The I didn't go to Pride with some of these people, but and I don't watch football that much. But they've invited me to football games on Sundays, so that's kind of been fun just to hang out with more community more of a community of people i guess that's awesome that you're trying new things too you said you shared your story and it made you a little uncomfortable and then you know you're going to football games with people you don't really know and you know that's just pushes you out of your comfort zone and really gives you the opportunity to find new things that you didn't know about yourself and then obviously meet new people as well yeah because normally i've been like just kind of quiet in the shadows and i'm like i'm like since i'm told my story now and now i'm like being a trusted servant at a meeting, I need to like put myself out there more. 
And I made a goal to try to share it every meeting because I was just like, I'm not going to share. I'm not going to share it. But even sometimes whatever you share could help someone in some way. That's what they always say, at least. Oh, for sure. Um, how many meetings do you go to in a week? Five. And how can you, how do you maintain that? Because I know a lot of people get really exhausted and it is really hard, but um, do you have any tips and tricks for people out there who might think that that seems like such a huge obstacle? It was kind of hard for a little bit because I was right at, when I got out of pride, I was working and then, but then my work people, or they let me, I worked retail. So then they like scheduled me only in the, um, during like the week, my meetings were all at night. So they'd schedule me like, nine to five and then i take the bus to back home and the meetings are right by me mostly or at least in the area of minneapolis like a bunch of them are all god's children three of them are all god's children one's at in loring park and another one's at the liveness project but sometimes it feels like it's a lot like at first it used to feel like a lot because i didn't want to go but now i like going because it's for myself and i like to see if people show up and like if people don't show up you're like or and they, they like people you talk to you wonder what's going on as far as um you know your sobriety today it seems like you're doing all the right steps you did residential you did extensive outpatient i mean five meetings a week is incredible in early recovery um i think your story is a model example of what you should do when seeking sobriety so i just want to thank you so much for being here and and talking with us today thank you Thank you for joining us on this episode of Proud Voices. You can find us where you find all your favorite podcasts. Don't forget to follow and subscribe. And we'll see you next time.